We're going to read out of Matthew 11, 25 through 30. I've titled it The Real Jesus because I want to see who Jesus is. And the songs just were right. All the praise and songs that we did this morning was just Lord ordained, I tell you, because it's talking about the very thing. And I love talking about Jesus. So I came in just pumped about this. That's anointed and full and overflowing. Out of the New American Standard, starting at verse 25, and then we're going to be concentrating on, on verses 28 through 30 as we go. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I praise thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou didst hide these things from the wise and intelligent and did reveal them to babes. Yes, Father, for thus it was well-pleasing in thy sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he says something interesting in verse 28, 29, and 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. Weary minds, tired bodies, anxious spirits, devastated hearts and emotions, and Jesus is promising rest for our souls. Souls that are under the increasing weight of the burdens of this present world. Amazingly, not every Christian finds such rest in Jesus. The rest that he desires to give to us. Instead, they struggle on each day. They love Jesus. Don't get me wrong here. They love Jesus. They really do. But... Apparently not wanting to bother him with what they consider trivial problems, they try to make it on their own. They're not sinning, not really, but they are continuing to live out their lives under a heavy load. For many, it becomes a crushing load of worry or despair or accusation or or past shame or affliction, etc., etc. Their joy, if there is any at all, is small, and the load they carry is large. We had a major breakthrough with an individual this week who finally said, I'm giving up the shame that I have been, been trying to deal with on my own for the last 45 years. How destructive is that? If Satan can't kill you or steal from you, he will try to destroy you. Piece by piece by piece by piece. And he does that with a lot of people. And they live, they live this helter-skelter life of no joy whatsoever. They're not lost. They just live a horrible, miserable life. They're still Christians. They're going to be saved. But what a hellish place to, to be existing in here on this earth. I get very offended at what Satan does to people. It's like, God, let me help them wake up, you know? Because he has so consumed them and he's put blinders over their eyes that they cannot see. Amen? Open up the blinders and pierce them with your glory, Lord, so that they could see what's going on. But Jesus cares. 
And though we may think that such a thing, the load we carry, is just our lot in life, Jesus doesn't look at it that way. He does not want us to continue living in such a manner. And we may have arrived at a decision, well, this is just my cross to bear. I've heard that comment from people. Let me tell you about this. Ours is to be an empty cross. Unlike Jesus' cross on which he hung and took on the sin of the world, ours is to be an empty cross that has no burdens because Jesus bought those with his very blood. Amen. The empty cross we carry becomes a proclamation that I am willing to die to myself just like Jesus did for me so that I may live with him and in him for eternity. Amen. Beginning now here in this earthly existence. So Jesus does, does not give up on us when he sees us carrying a heavy load. He does not give up on us, but continues to ask us politely, let me carry that load for you. Give it to me. I already bought it. David wrote in the Psalms, Psalm 23, 1 and following, down through the first part of verse 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It doesn't say that he requests. He says, lay down in the green pasture and relax. <clears throat> no. <laughs> That's what he had to do to me. It's like, lay down or else. I, I, yeah, I don't want to get up. I, I like green, you know. Good stuff. Nice tall grass. Perfect. Just like spinach. No. <laughs> He leads me beside quiet waters and restores my soul. Quiet waters? Yeah. Because the world is full of outrageous, raging storms. But any of you who have ever been, and you all live in Alaska, so you know what I'm going to describe. If you've ever been on a lakefront, or if you're one of those rare individuals that gets to see the inlet like this, or turning an arm like this, if you've ever been on a lakefront and it's in the early morning or in the late afternoon and it looks like that over there when the sun's starting to go down and it's absolutely like glass and you can't even tell where the horizon starts and where the horizon ends and it's just like one massive color of sunset or sunrise. That's the peace he's promising us. Not even a ripple. We can walk in that rest and peace here if we choose. The choice is ours, individually. I can't make it for you. The person sitting next to you can't make it for you. They can't pull the heartaches and all of the burdens out of you and off of you and all of that stuff. It is between you and believing Jesus and trusting what he says is true. He restores my soul. The soul that has been crushed by Satan is not left as is, but is restored, renewed, and then set in a secure place within Jesus our Lord and Savior. Multiple Psalms talk about Psalm 32, the hiding place. Psalm 27, the secret place. And I could go on. That this one psalm after another talk about this place where we can come into the Lord our God through Jesus and be there in a place where the world... And the devil cannot afflict or affect us whatsoever. Amen. Jesus said in John 10, 14, 
I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. How well do we know our Lord Jesus? In John 10, 9, he says, I'm the door. If anyone enters through me, they shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so Jesus continues to call us to a better place. And, and he reveals himself and who he is that, that we may come into a place of rest, that's peaceful rest within him. For when we step toward him, fully believing his words and promises, and have chosen to die to self and enter into him as we are moving toward him, our lives change. And I will say again, they will change. Jesus continues to reach out to us, not only as our, our Lord and King and Savior, but as a friend. He's a friend who cares. A friend who wants us to live in his gracious love and under his complete care and mercy. Amen. And what a friend we do have in, our, in Jesus, our Lord. For he has told us in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, Ask, and it shall be granted to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. You know, today or in times past, did we look to Jesus for help? When we, were, when we were attempting to, in what we were attempting to do? Did we ask? Did we seek? Did we knock? Or did we continue on not wanting to bother him? Consumed by our cares. Jesus cares about us. Everything about us. And he knows each one of us more than we know ourselves. He knows us very well. It says in Luke 12, 7, Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered by our Lord Jesus. Every single individual thing about us, he knows. He knows who we are. And he cares. It's like he said in John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but have the light of life. But when we are under the shadow of a heavy load, we are walking in the darkness. We can see the light out there, but we're insisting on carrying this heavy load that we have claimed as our own which Jesus bought with his own blood. So when you are carrying that heavy load, you are a thief. You're stealing that which Jesus already bought and paid for. No longer do we have to live our lives in the darkness or even in the shadows, but we can freely enter into the free light and glory of our Jesus our Lord, our King, our Savior and friend, it has never been and never will be His intention or purpose that we would be condemned to live our lives beat down, struggling, weary, and without peace and any joy filling us daily from our Lord Jesus. For He has proclaimed in John 10.10, 10, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Now he's talking in the Spirit. An abundance like, like nothing this present world can even relate to or offer. I had, I had many a man in the working world said, you're a Christian. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, you don't have a life. 
I said, I don't need your drunken life. I said, you go hang out at the bars. I know what you run with. I said, I did that a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. I have a life. My soul is full of abundance of the Lord. Amen? An abundance that allows one to live joyfully in the midst of circumstances. I, I've had circumstances of all kinds and types. Personally, I, can, I personally will, will chose a life in Jesus because he carries me all through all things. Amen? doesn't matter what it is. I could say as a first-hand witness that whatever internal or external events, life circumstances or other occurrences have come along, that, that I have been able to live in spiritual abundance promised by Jesus. For it is real, it does not fade away, it is eternal, and it is without end. Amen. I'm going to give you a real strong uh, example here in just a little bit of testimony. But right now, when the eyes of our heart and soul are open and we truly find the true Jesus, things will change within our lives. As, like it says in Matthew 13, 45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding that one pearl of great price, of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And like the merchant, <clears throat> selling all that we have, that is laying down our life burdens. And instead, buying that one pearl of great value. What is that? That is moving forward and picking up our new life in Jesus and only carrying the burdens that Jesus has ordained for us. Because he knows our strength, he knows who we are, and he will not give us any more than what he's already designed for us. Amen. And then make the choice to live our life, our remaining time and existence in this world, fully and completely with and in Jesus, with no holding back and no worldly reservation, doing so moment by moment while we await the day that we cross over into heaven into our Lord God's presence forever. Amen. And when we do such a thing, that is, make such a decision, we immediately begin to become that which the Lord our God created us to be. We do not have to wait until we arrive in heaven to become the holy blessed, ordained people of the Lord. We can begin now walking out our life as we are waiting to be called home. We're already living as if we were at home in heaven with our Lord. I love one of my most... I hope they play this at my funeral when I get ready to fly on out of here is this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me through heaven's open door, and I don't feel at home in this world anymore. That, if you want to write anything on my tombstone, that would be it right there. I don't belong to this place. But I'll tell you what, as I pass through, I want to tell others there's a better place. Amen? We become one who has laid down their burdens and given them to Christ Jesus. We become one who has allowed Jesus to place his ordained burden upon us. One who has had their eyes open. One who has become a lover of God, heart, mind, and soul. And one that's gone even further and has become a, lo a lover of their fellow man, doing so in Jesus' name. Amen.
And when we live in such a way, we are continually giving evidence of the presence of our Lord Jesus within us. For Jesus has truly become Emmanuel, God with us. <clears throat> but there's more. John 15.5. As you turn to John 15.5, I'm going to have a sip of coffee. Uh, because my throat's getting dry. John 15.5 says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. This is Jesus speaking. He and she who abide in me and I in them, they bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What sort of fruit? Well, we have laid down our burdens and Jesus has laid his yoke upon us. Where we were once a garden plot full of weeds, chickweed, Blech. It's got to be good for something. I just haven't figured out what it is. I'm, I had chickweed growing in the pots in my greenhouse. How did they get up there? I don't know. I think the slugs ran up there in the middle of the night and planted the seeds. That's, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <clears throat> we are a garden plot full of weeds in which little could grow. That's who we were before. But we have been changed. We are not the same. And now Jesus, the master gardener, begins to bring forth fruit from us, for we are no longer alone, but we have been grafted into him, and we abide in him. That is communing with him at every moment. Amen? Each one must travel the road of life. Each one in this present world has some sort of burden life has laid upon them. Some burdens are small. That some people wouldn't even think is a burden, but for some it's a burden. And some burdens are bigger. Yeah, mostly everybody would agree that's a big burden you got there. Like, like you just got a diagnosis of cancer or something like that. And then some burdens are so large they can literally crush the life out of you. There's some bad burdens. I won't go into details, but there's things that will just devastate a person. But Jesus has said and promised to all who would believe, come to me, and I'm going to repeat the verses 28, 29, and 30, and then continue on. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is an eternal promise. And it's a promise that has real ramifications. Because I'm going to use some scriptures out of Malachi to show you in a moment. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You're tormented. Why are you allowing that to continue? Amen? There's no reason unless you just enjoy being tormented. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. So what should we do today? Well, the road of life goes in two directions. And on either road, we will be carrying something. For in God's creation, all will carry a load of some kind. There is no freedom from carrying a load. You will carry something. Road one, we will choose to continue to carry the heavy load that we have struggled with 
And though we keep trying harder to get by, we are being worn down by the destroyer and the joy of life is being drained from us. Road one. Who in here would like to go on road two? Does that look like a fun road to go on? Oh no, that road is miserable. Road, how do I know that? Because I used to walk on that road. <laughs> That's a hard road. You will burn out. And uh, road two, way better. We give it all up to Jesus and begin to carry his load. And we might ask, will there still be what seem to be adverse events in my life? Yeah, most certainly. You can, you can just about figure on it. But our Lord Jesus will help you shoulder the burden that he has put upon you. You are not left alone. I'm going to give you an example. <clears throat> About, I was trying to figure out how long it's been. Uh, it would have been after 1989. Nancy had gone through a surgery, and we had all kinds of medical bills, and the insurance denied payment after they had approved payment before we got the surgery. It was experimental surgery, and it saved her life. She died twice on the table while they were doing it, but she came out of it and then went ahead and lived another 32 years. But Metropolitan Insurance, who was the, was the insurance company for Chevron, said, no, we, we cannot pay that. We, we were wrong. It's experimental. We will not approve it. And well, I had what would be equivalent today to about a million dollars worth of medical bills. And it was like, what am I going to do? I don't know, maybe it was only 750000 something like that, to, in today's dollars. And <clears throat> so we had three kids, we had medical bills, and they were all demanding money, and so I, I had, didn't go to the Lord or anything, I just took all the money and I started figuring out how I could make this work, and calling everybody, said, I will pay this much, and if you don't like it, tell me no, and, and then I'll refuse to pay anything. You know, uh, I had a good strategy because I found out what you could do. And so I had eight medical bills going out, and then we're still raising kids. So if you're still raising kids and you've only got this much money and you're paying all this medical out, guess what you start doing? You use credit cards because you're still trying to make ends meet, especially when there's all kinds of things. So it was just this consuming thing. And the problem was is the tithing check got smaller and smaller. Now, would anybody say that's a good thing? Probably not. But it was me struggling, trying to, to make things work, trying to make ends meet, but increasingly falling behind one month at a time. However, at the persistent encouragement of Nancy, thank the Lord for a very faithful and good wife, I, I gave all of that issue, that financial issue to the Lord, and I began to pray, Lord, I need you to show me what I can do so that I can pay a full tithe, regardless. I never argued about the tithe. It's always been on the gross amount. I don't get into that gross and net thing. That's stupid. That's the money I make. I'm going to pay the 10 plus extra because I want to make sure that I have given you everything plus offerings. And so that's what I started doing. That came first. About, it was about 30 years ago. And 
Did the Lord immediately open up the windows of heaven like it says in Malachi verse eight, Malachi 3, verse 8, 9, 10, and 11? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. This is the same thing if we are carrying a big burden. We are stealing from Jesus because he bought that burden with his blood. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. And then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that you will not, destroy the, will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes. God laid out some profound promises. So I decided... One night, I said, I am not going to walk this path I've been on any longer. If the Lord is the Lord, and this is what he says, then I'm going to give the tithe, and then it lays, I'm laying that financial burden on him, and he can show me what I need to do to make it happen. And he did. He reorganized everything. Now, though I could not see how it worked out, I went to him with that debt. He rearranged my finances and, and so that I could pay the 10% plus offerings and pay the bills, and also uh, that would be to bring honor to Jesus' name, and also to pay off all the medical bills, and also support the family and, that I had, and also bring glory to my Lord and Savior. Did all my bills suddenly get immediately paid? No. Did everything just suddenly go where I had all kinds of extra money? No. But if I was, if I was a good steward... And this is what I'm talking about when we're carrying burdens. If I was a good steward and continued to trust my Lord, what happened was every month there was just enough. Every single month there was just enough. How long did it take me to pay everything off? I finally paid all the medical bills off. I refused to go bankrupt. The world said, well, you need to go bankrupt. I said, no, I don't. I refuse to do that. If my God's not big enough to take care of me, then there's something wrong. Just like carrying big burdens. If I've got psychological problems, they go, well, you need to be on a lot of medication. No, I don't. God just needs to heal me. Well, you've got emotional problems. No, I gave them to the Lord. He's lining me out. We could go with one thing after another. How much do you trust God? Or are you going to carry that burden and believe the world? In the darkness of life, Finally paid the last of the bills, those medical bills, off uh, less than 10 years ago. It took about 25 years. I rejoiced every time I got rid of one. And then started working on all of the other stuff, all the credit card bills. I was really good at managing interest, let me tell you. <laughs> but the Lord started showing me how to get all that paid off. And this is all the while when I'm doing everything. So, I asked the Lord when I went to work at the college, I wasn't going to tell you this part, but I'm going to tell you this part, because I think it would be worth your while to know, how if you continue to honor the Lord in all that you do, he makes a change in your life. Okay? And so, <clears throat> I went to work at the college, which paid about a third of what I could have made on the slope. BP kept offering me a job for a year and a half, almost two years, and would call over to the college and pester me over there. You need to come to work for us. Uh, we'll pay you more. 
we've got a better position. We'll, we'll increase what we're offering. And I'm going, no, because God keeps telling me you're working for the insurance. I had no clue what he meant. So I would go around and tell people, this is, you could make better money up north. I said, oh, yeah, I could probably make three times what I make here. <clears throat> and, I, and that's a verifiable fact. But I said, the Lord tells me I'm working for the insurance, which sounds just kind of weird and bizarre, until, until Nancy passed. She was in ICU for almost six weeks. Those of you that have been in ICU know what that costs. Doesn't, doesn't count all of the extra, extra expense. Doesn't count the cost of flying her back here. Doesn't count all the multiple runs to the hospital back in ICU and specialized care. Doesn't count going into transitional care facility that was right around 3000 a day. If you want to know the total cost, it was about $2.5 million. Would you like to know how much I paid on that? Less than one-tenth of one percent out of my pocket. Do you know who paid for it? Insurance, free and clear. God knew what he was doing. I didn't try to carry the burden. I just said, well, Lord, I've got these, seriously, I've got this stack of bills, and so what do I do with this? He said, trust me. I said, yeah, but I've got, he says, trust me. I said, Lord, that's a lot of money. He says, trust me. Trust me. And after one year, they all paid the bills. God had prepared that entire thing over a 14-year period. Our Lord is a good God. I want you to know what kind of phenomenal God he is. He was preparing me to be able to take care of Nancy with the best care, and then he called her home, and then he set me up to where there is no bills anymore, and he said, now it's time to retire. Really? <laughs> he says, yeah, I need you available. <laughs> when we give our burden to Jesus, when we do such a thing, it seems simple enough but the spiritual ramifications are enormous. We have acknowledged to all eternity, yes, this was a problem. But I'm too weak to cope with it any longer, so I'm going to rely on Jesus and his promise to be there for me. And suddenly, all heaven responds to help. A saint has spoken that they can only make it through this life with the help of Jesus. And our Lord Holy Spirit begins to encourage us with divine revelation. For our, our Lord God does not want us to fail. And what transpired was, was, will become an immediate change in our life. When we take a step of trusting the real Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life for us, who rose from the grave in victory over death and Satan, our Lord Jesus, whose promises are yes and amen and eternal promises on which we can take a stand, suddenly, even immediately, things begin to change. And as we lay down our burdens before Him, for Jesus not only takes the load we carry, but begins to, to bring healing to our heart, mind, body, and soul, all those places that we were bruised and injured, He begins to heal that we were carrying. Finances, I'm very frugal now. 
probably good. I don't believe in play money. That's something I just discussed. I don't care for that term because I've never known having extra money. And when I have extra money, I give it to the Lord. I want to lay treasures up in heaven. That's where it needs to go. So if it's helping somebody else, an offering or something like that, but it's like this. If I've got a burden, say I was a hardcore drug addict, and I've known many of them, and God took away that thing, then who am I to not go out and be able to encourage others that they too can have the victory and start laying up treasures in heaven? Begin to pray for those to see the victory that I'm walking in. Amen? We need to reassess our lives and know that the real Jesus is asking us, are you going to live for me or are you going to live for the world and kind of play around with me? Things begin to change as we lay our burdens down before him. Jesus not only takes the load we carry, but begins healing our heart, our body, our mind, our spirits. Those places that we were bruised and injured, trying to carry such a load, we immediately come out of the darkness and the shadows because the load is gone and into his wonderful, glorious light. Our soul receives profound peace that it has never known. And our spirit is set free by Jesus. No longer crushed under bondage, under a load we were never meant or designed to carry. We are set free to worship Jesus. We are set free to praise Him. We are set free to exalt Him. We are set free to live within Jesus as He desires. And just as He declared in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And so we have an assurance that fills us, covers us, that that can be seen by others who are around us as our life is given over completely to our Lord Jesus Christ. Which brings me to a close and a question. So what shall we do today? Continue on as we have in the past, struggling with what we are trying to carry because it is our lot in life, our cross to bear? Or shall we step out today and say to Jesus, here's my burden, or here is my load of burdens. I cannot carry them any longer. I'm laying them down, giving them to you. I want to take your yoke upon me and enter into the freedom of your presence that it will be only your burden I carry for this day, the days ahead, until you call me home to eternity. Amen. Let's all stand. If you've got things